I'm your host, Mark Ramreka, and today I'm going to be reading stories off of the Reddit Let's Not Meet section. Let's begin. I've never really shared this experience with anyone except my mom, a few close friends, and my boyfriend, but I don't think that they will really realize how much this still impacts me. I recently discovered this subreddit, so I'm hoping sharing my experience will lift a weight, if you will. I worked a fairly entry-level office job in a mixed commercial-slash-industrial area in my community. Because of the nature of most of the work in the area, mostly manufacturing and construction type jobs, it wasn't uncommon to see people walking around with canvas paints covered in oil and being a little dingy looking. I carpooled with my mom since she worked nearby, and that particular day my mom had called me to tell me she was going to be about a half an hour late picking me up. Instead of waiting at my work for her, I decided that I would walk to the coffee shop nearby and wait there for her. It was a little late in the afternoon. 4 p.m., so very quiet. I was the only customer in the shop when I sat down at the table to read a newspaper. A few minutes after I sat down, a very handsome middle-aged guy walked into the room a few minutes behind me. He was very attractive and had a very comfortable charm to him, but it really struck me how clean he looked for the area, especially wearing coveralls and work boots. I didn't think too much of it at first, honestly, so when he asked if he could sit down and chat with me while he waited for his own drive, I said, okay. We actually had a nice conversation for a little while, until he started asking personal questions about me. They were not very specific questions, but in hindsight, it seems really weird to me. At the time, though, perhaps it was me just being naive. I just kept talking, even though I started getting a really strange vibe. I started to get really uncomfortable when I asked him what he did for a living. He told me he worked at a nearby manufacturing place, and that he had been working there for about a year. He then told me it was the first job he ever had, so he was really excited about continuing his career there. Remember, this guy's middle-aged. Not only what he said, but how he said it, struck me as so strange. This became my first bold and waving real red flag to get out. I I instantly had a moment where I was like, wait a sec. What middle-aged man is only one year into his first job, especially in an area that can't really be shrugged off as prolonged education, rich parents, etc.? To me, that screamed recent prison release. On top of that, for him to be so clean despite saying where he worked, nothing was adding up. I immediately started texting my mom under the table and said that I was really uncomfortable and needed to come home ASAP. I continued talking to him like nothing was weird, but deep down, I was really regretting telling him anything about myself in case he followed me. I continued talking to him like nothing was weird, but deep down, I was really regretting telling him anything about myself in case he followed me. So when my mom pulled into the parking lot, I quickly k-thanks-bied out of there and hopped into the car. As she pulled out of the parking lot, I see him leave the copy shop and hop into his own car. Now remember in our conversation, he told me he was waiting for a drive. If I had been paying attention to him as he came in, I would have realized that it was a lie and he drove there himself and I would have avoided the whole situation. Obviously, I'm really freaking out. I quickly explained to my mom what was going on and she sped off down the street. We looked behind us, and who was there? The guy in his car. 
She purposely ducked and drove down all sorts of bizarre streets and went in circle after circle. He followed us for close to 30 minutes before giving up. I don't know why I didn't report my experience to the police. I was just so shocked that something like that would happen. I went on with my life and shook it off as if nothing happened. Fast forward about a week and my mom picks up a newspaper only to find on the front page there is a picture of that very same handsome man. He had kidnapped a woman and shoved her into the trunk of her own car, drove her while she was in the trunk about 200 miles to another city, and forced her to take all of her money out of her bank account and then abandoned her there with no wallet and no vehicle. If not for my mom, I would have been so screwed. Fortunately, the woman was not physically injured or assaulted, but I cannot imagine spending hours in the trunk of your own car not knowing what someone was going to do to you. It's been about seven years since this happened, and I still have some serious trust issues with strangers. I didn't work in that area for much longer. It became too difficult for me. While I did work there, I had previously gone to that particular coffee shop daily during my lunch breaks, and still, to this day, I have never been back there. When I was about 12, my great-uncle John came from Ukraine to visit us in Canada. He had a lot of stories, but this was one that stood out. In the late 1960s, John was traveling by train from his village to another to visit family. He had to change trains at one point and was dropped off at what amounted to be a platform and a hut in the middle of nowhere. There was no one else at that station, and other than a dirt road that led off into the surrounding woods, there was nothing there. He waited for some time, but no train came. It was winter and getting colder and darker, and just about the time he started worrying about a place to stay and some food to eat, an old woman appeared out of the twilight. She asked if he was waiting for such and such a train, and when he said he was, she said it wouldn't be long until the following day. She asked if he needed a bed for the night, and offered him a meal and a room at her house, which she said was about an hour's walk from the station. Lodging with locals was more or less the standard when traveling in this part of the USSR, and Great Uncle John wasn't looking forward to a hungry night on a cold platform, so he was glad to accept her offer. He took the suitcase and they set off together down a dark road into the forest. It was more than an hour away, more like two, and by the time they had arrived at the woman's small two-story house, John was tired and hungry. They went inside and the woman lit some oil lamps and warmed some borscht for them to eat. It was the first time John was able to see the woman clearly, and he was a bit startled to realize that the old woman was actually a man. Not wanting to pry, and too tired to care, John finished his soup and asked where he would be sleeping. She led him up the stairs to a tiny room with a window that contained a single bed and nothing else. He thanked her, they said goodnight, and she closed the door. But then she locked it, leaving him in the dark. Somewhat creeped out by this, John called out to her, but she didn't answer, and he heard nothing else. Figuring he would deal with it in the morning, and that she had probably done it by mistake, John set his suitcase down and laid it on the bed, deciding to make the best of it and get some sleep. Before he could fall asleep, though, he felt the urge to pee, and got out of the bed, hoping to find a chamber pot or something he could use the bathroom in. He got onto his hands and knees and began to feel under the bed in the darkness, thinking that's where a pot would be if there was one. Instead, he found a body. Nope, Great Uncle John said, and he went right to the window to see if he could exit the room that way. It was nailed shut. He knew that if he remained in the room, he was probably a dead man. But if he broke the window and tried to get out that way, there was a good chance that the old woman, and who knows who else was there, would hear him and come into the room before he could get away. So he did the only thing he could do. 
He pulled the body from under the bed, heaved it onto the mattress, and covered it with the blanket. Then, he got under the bed and waited. Sure enough, about an hour later, he heard footsteps coming slowly up the stairs and then toward the room. The lock clicked, and the knob turned slowly. In the gloom, John saw someone move toward the bed. Then, he heard several terrific and sickening thuds. The person had bashed the body on the bed with a large crowbar, which they then dropped onto the floor right in front of John. There was a silence, then the person went out of the room, and the door was shut again. The footsteps went down the stairs, and then there was silence again. John moved out from under the bed, took the crowbar, and was able to slowly pry the window open. He didn't say, but I imagine he was terrified the entire time. When the window was up, he threw his suitcase out and then the, threw himself, not caring what was below him, only worried about what was behind. He landed without too much injury and began to run into a field behind the house toward some lights in the far distance. It turned out to be a highway with some military and transport trucks on it, and John was able to get a ride to another village where he could catch a train. He didn't bother reporting what happened to the authorities since at the time in the USSR, there was a distinct chance that he would have been the one who got in trouble. He just thanked God he escaped and decided that the next time he traveled to visit relatives, he would take another way.